there's a good chance you're one of those creative types. I'll bet you're the kind of person who derives a great deal of satisfaction from what you can make or do with your hands. You might play an instrument, or you draw, or maybe you like to sing. And sometimes, while you're cooking, I imagine you've been known to dance a little to the music on your CD player while you stir a pot of spaghetti sauce. And if you don't have one of those jobs where you paint, design clothes, or build models, or even if you do, in your spare time, you probably like to hike or climb or maybe mountain bike. All of these are the many things we do to express ourselves, how we perform to show the world who we really are. Knowing how to express yourself is an incredible gift and a talent Carr Hagerman learned to develop at an early age. At 14 years of age in Minneapolis, I started as a street performer working at the Minnesota Renaissance Festival. And back then, there were people like Penn and Teller, the Flying Car Mozart Brothers, who had been working in California or in New York as traditional street performers had sort of migrated to uh, Renaissance festivals because it gave the, these performers a safe environment. You could work in one place for several weeks and the money on the weekends was really good. So there was a lot of performers that showed up there and I had never really seen a street performer. And I was fascinated with these performers who just walk out into kind of a, a busy lane and create focus entertain people in an environment that was non-traditional and work with whatever happened and make whatever happened part of their, their show. Today, Hagerman is the creative director of On 10 Creative Partners and he uses his experiences as a street performer to change how people in the professional world think about the whimsical spirit of playful creativity. I had the pleasure of meeting Hagerman a few months ago at the Outdoor Retailer Summer Market in Salt Lake City, Utah. And there, he shared with me some pretty amazing ideas about the serious business of play. I'm James Mills, and you're listening to The Joy Trip Project. I talk about sustainable human energy and we talk about all this green movement going on right now. I think that that's all really healthy and good and certainly we, we have to protect the resources on this planet but what seems to get lost in that argument a lot is the human resource, the ultimate green machine which are the human beings. And we can change everything else about politics and it all comes down to how human beings relate to each other and the energy that we share. And when I was getting into business in my 20s and looking at big business, I, there was such a focus on linear planning. A had to follow B, had to follow C, and everything was spreadsheeted, and the MBAs were there. And I would sit in meetings, and we were never talking about anything to me that seemed inherently real. We were talking about spreadsheets and plans, and but there didn't feel real to me. And the language felt really, you know, sort of one-dimensional. And then I would go into the creative world, and the language was very different. And was more descriptive and provocative. The, the creatives missed some of the discipline of business, but business was really missing something by not in looking at the language of poets and performers and artists and improvisationists. And, that's, and, and, and so I think what business is missing is the, the language of poets and performers, artists and inventors. And not that the people in business don't already have that, but 
we don't cultivate and nurture that in a way that I think is essential to keeping our businesses happy. And I think the meltdown of the economy right now is directly related to our disconnect from sort of who we are creatively and our connection to other people. Wall Street's all about paper that you can't see. It's just, you know, out there in the spreadsheet somewhere. So we come in and we take over boardrooms with performers and inventors and potters and painters. <laughs> the people in business don't know what to do with it. They're like, what do, what do I do with that? And I go, that's the perfect question. I, I love that question. What do I do with that? So what's your answer? What do you tell them? Uh, what do you think? What do you think you should do with it? You know, uh, there's an author named Peter Block who said, you know, if you can do a presentation and the business people in the room know what to do with what you've just said, then it's already over because they're going to catalog that in and it doesn't have much impact. But if you can present something that they don't know what to do with, like, you know, a painter coming in and painting something, then there's a place to start a conversation because then you can go, I don't know what to do with this. Good, let's start there. And then the conversations can unfold about what could you do with it? What would you like to do with it? Now, you described that this is a great opportunity. You don't want to talk about the economy because, you know, the economy is bad. But you said in your presentation today that this is a great opportunity to make some interesting long-term positive change. What do you envision in, in the future with well, regard I to think, creativity? I think we are living in a new renaissance. Just remember that almost every great movement in human history began with either calamity or constriction of some sort. If you watch how all great art movements start when there is some tumultuous event, what I think we're in the midst of right now is a recalculating, a recalibration of values. And I think, that, again, the artists, the poets, the performers all have something to bring to that conversation. So what I think the opportunity is, is to really look at the one thing that isn't broken, to look at where the real investment should be made. I'm the same as I was when the economy was great. I have not fundamentally changed. Neither of you. Anybody listening to this podcast, we still get up the same day. We still go to bed the same way. Yes, we may have a different car. We may not have as much money or we don't have all the security. But what we have is one another. And two people working together are, in my opinion, in times of constriction, have great opportunity to create something unimagined before. Because now there's a new pressure to kind of like look outside of where we are. And I just think you got to turn off the TV a little bit, turn off the radio, and, and get the naysayers and the chicken littles out of the conversation. Yes, things are bad, but look around. Things are also incredibly good. And look to that creative voice in you and the creative voice in another. You know, I would imagine that this is one of those situations where hard times call for desperate measures, one of those situations where the creative pressure causes you to think outside of the box. Take me 10 years into the future from where we are right now. What do you envision? What do you see that the world might become? I think the way it looks like to me is more of a boutique culture where um, the distance between two people is going to be shorter. Uh, whether that's in a retail environment where I, I, I don't know, you know, walking into cavernous stores where I, you know, I can hear an echo. Or do I want to walk into a store where I know who's behind the counter and they know who I am? I think we're actually headed back in that direction. We don't want to put our money with people we don't know anymore. Uh, I don't know that that spells a doom of big retail. I, I, I don't think so, but I think it does spell an opportunity for small companies to reemerge with a flair and to say we're here and we've always been here. Maybe the, re- may the main, maybe the mainstream uh, or the uh, main street will come back a little bit. I don't know. I, I also think that you're going to find um, 
the arts are going to take on a different uh, a different energy, I think, in the business world, and we're certainly seeing that in our business. Um, but we got to go through the, some shadows first, and uh, we'll see what happens on the other side. I'm incredibly optimistic. <laughs> the value of my company has dropped huge, but every day it's like, oh, what's the new thing we're going to make today? When I wake up in the morning, I just ask myself, what am I going to make today? And I think we've all been kind of disconnected from what we make. What do we actually make with our hands? And if we know what we make, um, I, if you can answer that question when you get up, I think you're, you're on the right track. Just make that. Make it. Get your hands dirty. Like the street performer on the street, just step out of that performing space and go, here I am. Step right up. <laughs> I love it. I love that. You can learn more about Carr Hagerman and his work in playful creativity in his book, Top Performer, A Bold Approach to Sales and Service, co-authored by Stephen C. London. You can also find him online at On10 Creative Partners. That's on10, O-N-T-E-N-D dot com. For the Joy Trip Project, this is James Mills. Music this week is from Cirque du Soleil from the album and show Adagria. Find them online at CirqueDuSoleil.com. The Joy Trip Project is brought to you thanks to the generous support of our sponsors, Recreational Equipment Incorporated, REI, and Patagonia. Visit their websites by visiting ours at joychirpproject.com. Thanks for listening. But you know, we want to hear from you. So please, drop us a message by email at info at Or find us on Facebook. Share your pictures and your videos. Share your stories, your passion for outdoor recreation, environmental conservation, acts of charitable giving, and practices of sustainable living. You just might inspire our next joy trip together. But most of all, don't forget to tell your friends. Until next time. Take care.